This is Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I have been married for 16 years and we live in Idaho with our five children. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one year old. I love studying the scriptures and preparing for this podcast every week really helps me to have more inspiration and revelation for my own life and also for my family. Join me each week as I share some of the thoughts that I have as I study the scriptures using the Come Follow Me course by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we are studying Moroni chapter 10, the last chapter in the Book of Mormon. And I always love this chapter, partially because it has Moroni's challenge to pray about the Book of Mormon after we've read it and ask Heavenly Father if it's true and his promise that if we do so, Heavenly Father will answer our prayer through the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I love that about it, but also there's a lot of other really good stuff in this chapter. And so even though it's only been one chapter, it's been good to really break it down into just little sections and study it more in depth this week. In verse 3, Moroni says, Remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men from the creation of Adam, even down until the time that ye shall receive these things, and ponder it in your hearts. And as I read that verse, I really did try to take a few minutes to just ponder how merciful the Lord's been to his children on this earth. And I thought about all the times that Heavenly Father preserved those who repented. Even if they had sinned or transgressed, I was thinking about Adam and how he was preserved even after his transgression, about the brother of Jared and many others. I was thinking about how Heavenly Father blessed them and he raised nations from their posterity. And when the people were wicked, he was still merciful and he preserved the righteous. In addition to Adam and the Jaredites, you have Noah, you have the Israelites, you have the Mulekites, the Nephites, the early American settlers, and that's not, they're not all in the Book of Mormon, but just thinking about the children of men on the earth over the entire lifetime of the earth, I guess you could say. So we have, as I was thinking, as I said, the, the, the early American settlers who were preserved and brought to this nation and were able to thrive here because of their faith in Jesus. Also, the saints in the early restored Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they were preserved and protected and eventually thrived and Heavenly Father blessed them for their faith. So, as I was reading verse 3 and thinking about how merciful Heavenly Father has been, I, I really saw throughout from the beginning of man until now how many times Heavenly Father preserves and blesses those people who exercise faith in Him. And I could see more clearly that the Book of Mormon ties in perfectly with other scriptures. It is, it's almost like a continuation of the Bible in that we see examples of that in the Bible 
and they continue in the Book of Mormon, and then they continue in church history, and the Book of Mormon just fits in so perfectly with those other scriptures, which we already knew, but it just reminded me again of that as I read this verse this week, and it just teaches the same principles and gives more examples of the things that we already know. It just expounds on them and gives one more witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Moroni, chapter, well, I guess everything's in chapter 10, but verse 7, Moroni says, Deny not the power of God, for he worketh by power according to the faith of the children of men. And thinking about the power of God, and that is how Heavenly Father does his work, and it's according to our faith. It made me think about a children's movie called Rise of the Guardians, and that is about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and just different different characters who work together to preserve the joy of children on the earth in this movie and they have this map, a globe, and on the globe each child who believes in Santa and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and whatever else, there's a light on the globe to represent each child's faith in them. And when the children stop believing because of the bad guy who's in the movie, right? Isn't there always one of those? But as he scares the children into not believing, their lights go out until the map becomes almost dark at one time in the movie. And just thinking about this verse this week reminded me of the movie. And I think that map makes me think of our faith in Jesus Christ. Because when we exercise faith, then the map or the world is full of light, the light of Jesus Christ. But when we don't exercise that faith and we let go of that, then the map goes a little bit darker. And Heavenly Father works by power when we have faith. So when there are lots of lights on the map, we see evidence of Heavenly Father's power on the earth. And when it goes dark and we turn off all those lights, then he doesn't have the light to work with. And so he withdraws his spirit from the earth, which is like what happened in the dark ages and in the apostasy. So as we strive to keep our lights glowing and share it with others so that they can have lights glowing, then we have that opportunity to have the power of God here on earth. In verses 8 through 25 talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And in talking about that, I was thinking about which ones Heavenly Father wants me to seek, which is what the manual suggests. And it made me think of a wrapped gift, thinking about seeking gifts of the Spirit. And when I get a gift from somebody, you know, you can kind of guess from the size or the shape or the weight what it might be. But until I actually unwrap the gift, I don't know for sure what it is. And I don't know how I can use it. I have a guess that it'll be good, but I don't know for sure. Now with gifts from God, we might think we know about the gift. We know what it's called. We know basically what it does. But until we seek it in our lives and put in work and effort to acquire that gift, then we don't really know the full changes 
that it's going to make in our lives. We can't see how it's really going to change us until we unwrap that gift from Heavenly Father, by, which takes work and effort and desire. One other thing that I was thinking about as I was thinking about the gifts of the Holy Ghost, it just reminded me of the importance of patriarchal blessings. They're individual for each one of us, and Heavenly Father has takes that opportunity to speak to us and tell us things about ourselves, like gifts of the Spirit and many other things that He wants us to know. And what a great time of year to take that out and read through my patriarchal blessing as I'm studying about gifts of the Spirit and thinking about which of those gifts I have or want. What a good time to take out my patriarchal blessing and to go through that, and here, especially here at Christmas time too. And as I read through these verses a couple of times, and as you, as we ask Heavenly Father to reveal our gifts and then read the verses, I think that we're blessed with insight in our own lives because He knows our gifts. He gave them to us, so of course He knows them. And you know, I was thinking also with it being Christmas time. I often forget what gifts I got for people in years past. I can't remember what I gave to most people in years past. And sometimes I can't remember what people gave me. And it's wonderful to know that Heavenly Father doesn't forget our gifts. He knows each of our gifts. And it's important that we don't forget our gifts, but that we write them down and also that we utilize them and use them. and try to make them stronger so that we can keep those gifts. We don't want to forget them. Now, the first time through these verses, I thought about how most of these gifts are awesome and huge gifts. And I thought, I don't really have most of those gifts. But then I reread the verses, looking specifically for ones that maybe I might have, something I missed. And as I did, I noticed that many of these gifts to a small degree, I do have as a parent, or at least there's the potential for having them as a parent. And certainly as parents, we need many of these gifts. And so as I read through, I realized that while I may not have these huge, amazing, earth-shattering gifts, I do have a portion of many of these gifts granted unto me. And that was neat to see. And thinking about gifts that parents need, want, and often have is that it, I noticed the verses said teaching wisdom and teaching knowledge, and that's definitely a gift we want as parents. We, As parents, we might have the gift of healing, and that can be physical when our children come to us with scrapes and cuts. It also is definitely spiritual. We have the option to help them heal their spiritual wounds through through helping them just, oh, I'm saying this kind of funny, but we can help them heal by saying the right words, and but more importantly, guiding them to scriptures and prayer and leaders who can help them as well. And that's a role that we have as parents. Interpretation of diverse kinds of tongues. Now, this one <laughs> perhaps is a stretch, but I have a little one-and-a-half-year-old, and she always wants to tell us things, and it's sometimes very difficult to know what she's talking about. And so I had to smile when I read that interpretation of diverse kinds of tongues because I think 
but that is definitely a skill when you have a baby. But also not just babies, but understanding our children and our spouses and other family members and even neighbors as we learn to read body language and attitudes. And through that, we interpret their needs and ways that we can help and serve through that intuition of seeing the way they're acting. So I thought that was a good one too. Talks about the gift of beholding of angels and ministering of spirits. And I think that seeing heavenly help in my life and in the lives of my children is a great gift. It helps us to be humble and to be thankful. And that's something that we can each do as we seek for gratitude in our lives and try to look and see the hand of God in our lives. We will see those those ministering angels and angels and ministering spirits in our lives and seeing how many people help our children. What a blessing that is. It takes great faith to trust our children to Heavenly Father as they venture out into the world or if they stray after we teach them everything we know to teach them and after all we've we've done, sometimes they, they make their own decisions and they may not decide to continue in the path that we had hoped they would. And I think that's where the gift of faith comes in to trust them to Heavenly Father and to continue to pray for them and believe that things will work out and that they are a chosen and loved child of Heavenly Father and that He will look after them as well. Now, these thoughts I had about these gifts in no way diminish the extraordinary gifts that many have and some of those gifts truly are just very prevalent in somebody and it's it's a wonderful awesome thing and I don't mean to diminish that just mostly I wanted to share my realization that I do have at least a small part of many of these gifts and at least more of them than I realized when I initially read through them. And that really helped me to see that I'm special to Heavenly Father and to see the gifts that He's given me and also gifts that I don't have that that I want and that or that I want to strengthen and make even stronger if I have just a little. In chapter 10, verse 32, Moroni is finishing up the Book of Mormon, and he says, Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him. And this is a difficult part to read sometimes because we tend to see that word perfect. Well, at least I do. And that is such a stressful word to me because I love things to be perfect, but it is so difficult to make something perfect. Anything, anytime you've ever done a project, or a craft or anything like that. If you've done stuff like that, you know, like I do, how hard it is to get it absolutely perfect. You can get it close, you can get it to look pretty good, but there's always some small blemish here or there or something that you hope nobody else sees, but it's still there. Perfection is difficult. And so when we read verses like this, sometimes it's overwhelming. And especially when we think about ourselves, we're more than just one project. There's so much to it, to that perfection, that it really is just sometimes depressing to think about how far from perfect we are. And I love the talk that Elder Holland gave a little while ago, Be ye therefore perfect eventually. 
because he talks about not letting that overwhelm us, but continuing to try and do our best. And one quote that I just wanted to read something that he said in that talk, he said, We may not be able to demonstrate yet the 10,000 talent perfection the Father and the Son have achieved, but it is not too much for them to ask us to be a little more godlike in little things, that we speak and act, love and forgive, repent and improve, at least at the 100 pence level of perfection, which it is clearly within our ability to do. And I really like that because as he's talking about perfection, we can still work to achieve it and we we understand that we aren't going to be at the level of perfection that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are, not yet. But we can do everything in our power to be our very best and to continue to push that bar higher and higher so that we improve more and more and become closer and closer to that perfection that our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ have, even though it's in tiny little baby steps. Next week, we are talking about Christmas, about Jesus Christ and His birth, and just gearing up for the celebration of Jesus Christ's birth, which is also next week. So, so excited for that. Have a great week.